Hello and welcome to the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast, a high vibe space where we talk about all things spirituality, manifestation, raising our vibrations and walking away from the manifestation block that is alcohol. Whether you're newly sober, sober curious or you've been sober for a long time, this is the place for you if you want to learn more about spirituality, manifestation and how letting go of alcohol can make you so much more powerful at manifesting. It's time to stop drinking, start living, raise our vibrations and step into our manifestation power. Let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast. How are you? How has your week been? Uh, I hope you've had a great week. I've got a really, really interesting interview in today's podcast, which I'm really excited to share with you. But before I do that, let me tell you about a self-led video course that I now have available for purchase. It is called How to Take 30 Days Off Alcohol and Enjoy It. And you can buy it on my stand store for only £100. And I'm honestly, I'm super proud of this. Uh, it's helped people already, it combines everything I know about letting go of alcohol. There's less spirituality in this. If you want the spirituality element, then um, when I next run Sober and Soulful, that kind of gives you that extra element. And of course, when you have coaching with me, that gets added in there as well. This is basically the practicalities and the mindset shifts that we need to adopt in order to let go of alcohol effortlessly. Uh, and yeah, as I said, it's it's full of psychology, all the kinds of things that I've learned along the way around how this works. Um, and it's done so in a way that you can press play when you've got a free minute and it's not going to kind of overwhelm you or take up your time because you can go through it at your own pace. So if you would like to purchase that self-led video course, please click the link in the show notes or take you to my stand store and you can buy it and you'll instantly have access to the full course to work through at your own pace. And of course, if you would like to sign up for some one-to-one coaching with me, so I can give you the wraparound service um, and coach you, teach you everything I know about alcohol and spirituality, but also meet your specific needs and help you through the specific things that are coming up for you that are blocking you from letting go of alcohol, then do just send me an email to thrive at coachingbyannika.co.uk. Annika is spelled A-N-N-E-K-A and we can get your free consultation arranged and yeah. I look forward to working with you if it is aligned, if it's for the highest and the best. Right, so moving on to this week's interview. This week I'm interviewing David Allen Tracy, who is a very interesting entrepreneur who is into manifestation, into spirituality. He's also very much into branding and marketing as that's his his area. But he is also alcohol free and we have a very interesting conversation about the links between entrepreneurship, spirituality, manifestation and being alcohol free. So I loved this conversation. I'm I'm hoping you will enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed having it. Without further ado, let's welcome David Allen Tracy to the podcast. (laughs) 
Hello, David. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Oh, such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And would you like to start off just by introducing yourself to the audience? Yeah, so my name is David Allen Tracy. I am a personal brand coach. I also own a interior design business, an international marketing business, and also a uh, travel agency. So a lot of variety. <laughs> yeah. So we could say that you are a master manifester. You're an entrepreneur. Uh, I always think entrepreneurs have so much more proof about manifestation because we really put it to the test, right? When we 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 trust the universe is going to always deliver what we need, and that you know we I think we just yeah collect so much more evidence um, about manifestation. And the reason that you have come on the podcast today, of course, is because as well as being a successful entrepreneur, you are also on a sober journey. Am I right in thinking both you and your wife are? A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So tell us what started this sober journey for yourself and your wife. Yeah, well, it's interesting because my parents don't drink. They never mm -hmm. have. Um, that My dad was one of these ones who was very counterculture. Yeah. In the sense that he was just like, I'm not going to drink. And the reason he didn't uh, was because uh, we have family members that were severe alcoholics and died young as a result of it. And he thought to himself, I just don't even want to touch it. So for me, there was never alcohol in my home. But then, of course, you go through life. <laughs> and especially as I got older and I was never one to like go out and just be the big partier per se. Um you know, it's pretty normal. My, I would have never considered myself an alcoholic in any shape, shape or form either. I did international nonprofit work. I traveled around the world, saw some very intense things and earthquake relief and flood relief and all the likes. Uh, we were busy, busy, busy going. We have four, my wife and I have four daughters. Mm. And I found myself, uh, particularly uh, in the evenings as the day would end, I, I felt I needed to have a glass of wine which usually turned into two mm. and sometimes two and a half or three and you're like but I'm not an alcoholic but it's happening every day and you know uh I was never like drunk and like laying on the floor but I was very dependent on alcohol to be at rest I felt and to feel like I could just simmer down and when you own a lot of businesses like I do stress is a big thing and so there was an, a, level, a level of dependence on it. And it's similar to for me with coffee in the mornings, I needed to have like two or two cups of coffee or else I couldn't function throughout mm -hmm. the day. Uh, I couldn't relax without it at night. So. So what was yeah. the moment when you thought, right, this is what to change? Yeah. So there were several things I think. Uh, well, and it's always kind of multifaceted, right? When, whenever we, we learn something and we actually apply and stick with it, it's not just a one thing. It wasn't like I had this one moment. Uh, it was many drips of several things that happened. Um, I think, number one, I met a woman uh, who was on a sober journey herself. She had been um, a big-time alcohol abuser to the level where she was hospitalized numerous times from alcohol poisoning. And she had been clean and sober for, what? I think eight years or something like that. And she was a keynote speaker on it. And I was on the same nonprofit board as her. Um, uh, she was an advisory member. And I got to know her and her, hear her story. And although I had not ever gone to that level of, of alcohol consumption, mm. I resonated with her ethos because 
she was so happy. She was so relaxed. She was so thrilled. And she showed me pictures of herself in those years where she was drinking daily and, and compared to who she was today, uh, her, her entire demeanor, her, her, her skin even looked healthy. Uh, her eyes had depth. Uh, she looked unhappy. She looked unwell. Uh, and then today she looks great. She actually looks younger 10 years later than she does then. Uh, and, and then just the joy she had in, in connecting with friends and family and people without needing to have the alcohol to socialize, because I think that's the number one perhaps lie that I believed was how could I actually have fun with people going out to eat or on a Saturday night or a Friday night without drinking? I just seemed kind of pure, like that might be, that's a hard thing to imagine. Uh, that was probably the first thing. The second thing was that um, I also developed liver cancer and that's a long story, but mm -hmm. I had had cancer when I was 14 mm. at the first time, went through chemotherapy, was very sick for about five years. Uh, my immune system was always very weak and I had cancer, liver cancer again at age, uh, for the first time, it was unrelated to the first cancer I had at age 30 at this point, having four daughters. Yeah. And although the doctor said that drinking had nothing to do with it, they said, you're, it's not a drinking issue. It's completely unrelated. It's probably from the chemotherapy. Your liver just didn't know how to process it all and whatever else mm -hmm. I said to them, should I stop drinking? And they said, no, you're fine. Oh, you know, my God. Right. And I'm, and this was traditional. This was like Mayo Clinic, Minnesota. And I'm like, seriously? Yeah. Like I, the, you just, they actually did a surgery because I had a mass in my liver and they removed my left lobe of my liver and my liver had to regenerate itself. And they're like, just drink whatever you want, whenever you want. It's not a problem. Oh my gosh. And this coming from the top, like a uh, liver specialist in wow. the US. And so there was something about that though, that really kind of was like, I think he's right. I, I don't think he's right. I think, I think that everything we know about the body, the liver is the primary processor of all chemicals and hormones and all the things. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> God, I sorry. I just, just to reflect back what I'm hearing from you. I absolutely love how our bodies resonate and tell us when something is true or not. And we can just feel it viscerally, can't we? When someone is just talking BS, we can uh -huh. feel it in our bones. And just in the same way, I love it when you hear someone say a real truth, like a universal law or something, and, and you can feel it in your body. Like, yeah, amazing. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> no, 100%. I, I, I just knew. Now, did I apply myself to that? I, I actually didn't drink during that season. Maybe six months as my body was healing from you know, my, my liver was regenerating. I just knew common sense well enough to know that I should just let my liver be. Yeah. But, but then uh, with my businesses uh, in particular, it, I was working some very long hours and I, I've always had um, chronic insomnia issues where I can't sleep at night. And, um, and I thought the alcohol was helping me sleep. And I later learned that it was actually causing me not to be able to sleep well, but that's a whole other thing. But <laughs> <Don't come in. laughs> so um, the other thing was that I began to have a lot of like image issues um, and inflammation in my face and in my body. I was gaining a lot of weight uh, and I, and I eat pretty healthy, you know, my wife and I, uh, because I've had cancer a few times we we tried to um we try to eat organic you know yeah. as, as much as possible non-gmo I, I i'm very careful to what i eat 
but by the same token, I wasn't careful with what I drank. Mm. And, and so it's, it's interesting because as from what I understand from alcohol more and more is that alcohol is, is, is precisely that, although it might be in a smaller percentage in the bottle, yeah. it's still like taking alcohol and what do we use alcohol for to sanitize and to clean surfaces, right? Yeah. And kill bacteria. So all my good flora and all my uh, stuff is potentially getting decimated by this alcohol that I'm putting in my gut and my gut lining and my gut health. And we know that if your gut is unhealthy, the rest of your body is as well. So, yeah. Wow. So, so you were feeling quite unwell then quite puffy. I would, I would guess inflamed. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And my feet were aching. They would swell at night. My joints were aching. I'm only 37 years old and I'm think I'm feeling like an old man. Right. So I decided to stop drinking. Um, at the same time, uh, and like I said, there's layers to this. So around the same time I decided to stop drinking, I also went through a lot of deep inner healing from traumas that I had been dealing with my entire life. And that was probably the pinnacle of why I decided to stop because um, I'm now a certified uh, Theta Healing practitioner. So I do Theta oh, Healing. Me too. Are you really? <laughs> yeah, I just haven't used it for ages. But yeah, I, I did like to the first two levels of it oh my gosh it's hilarious yeah so okay, well, we were definitely meant to meet that's yeah, so interesting <laughs> so yeah i i'm a I'm, a I'm a practitioner i receive clients every week that come to me for trauma healing and i i went in that journey because well a lot of things but i had a lot of childhood trauma yeah. that i had tried to to heal mm. but no matter what i tried no matter what modality it wasn't i couldn't kick it yeah. And I had a client who was who is a theta healing practitioner. And I started to learn I was doing marketing for her. Yeah. And coaching and things. And I suddenly realized like, man, this, this woman's onto something here. There's something about this tactic or this method, this modality that that really resonates with me as a creative thinker as someone you mentioned the manifesting. Yeah, theta healing really allows me to envision and to reshape traumas and to pull the thread uh, in a new way. So here I am, going through this inner healing with her because I, I ended up um, going through sessions with her for that. And then uh, as I started to heal the trauma and the things I was going through, the manifestation of that healing was in my habits and behaviors. Yeah. And suddenly I was like, you know, I don't really desire the alcohol anymore. I don't really need it anymore. I don't really want it anymore. And it was just a natural thing that happened mm -hmm. uh, by, by kind of default. And and what I realized, having now done now uh, inner healing work for for a while now, is essentially we have there's a vicious cycle mm. in human beings, and it's of shame, fear, and control. Yeah. And whenever we have something happen to us uh, that is traumatic, the first thing we feel, whether that be something that we witness someone do to someone else, or it happens to us, or we do this to someone else. Uh, whatever it be, trauma, first, the first feeling and sense we have is shame. Mm. And within that shame, there's this level of vulnerability, this level of uh, exposure of of not being safe of being ex of, of needing to run, there's a uh, and then we feel fear. Mm. And we hate feeling feeling fear, because we want to and so the immediate thing is we try to control it. And the way people control their shame is many ways, but primarily for four ways, denial, uh, it doesn't exist. Um, superiority, I'm going to be strong and 
put up walls and no one can know me and no one can hurt me and I'm going to put everybody in their place. Inferiority, don't look at me. I'm going to disappear. I'm going to blend into the wallpaper or four coping mechanisms. And these coping mechanisms usually are in the form of some addiction uh, or not even addiction, such a strong word, but just something that takes the place of buffering the pain. I agree. Okay. It's what um I think Lazarus and Folkman call it maladaptive coping practices mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. rather than adaptive. And actually what you're describing is oh so much actually. So much of a sober journey comes hand in hand with spiritual awakening and like which mm -hmm. one comes first, but for many people it's it's different. And it sounds like your spiritual awakening started first. I've had other other people come on the podcast talking about that first and how the alcohol fell away and then for other people the alcohol stops and then the spiritual awakening comes. But um, but in within that, that that the healing, we start to develop adaptive coping coping mechanisms as well, right? Absolutely. I know you're right on the money with that. And it is, it is for me, and I've seen the same thing with the alcohol component, is that sometimes the the alcohol stifles and it kind of numbs the pain. So we can't even sense it. Mm. So then we need to get rid of it in order to have the awakening, as you yeah. were saying. For me, it was really more just like, I, this doesn't serve me anymore. This doesn't do anything for me anymore. I don't even, I don't even desire it. Yeah. Uh, there were the first month I stopped, I did uh, desire it once in a while when I would get triggered by stress and things. Uh, but what, what was really nice about it was when I told my wife I was going to do it because she, she is not, she's not like me. She's, my wife is very, um, steady Eddie, very calm, very peaceful. I would not say she's at all like dependent on anything. She doesn't have a very addictive or like consumerist mindset, yeah. but it was, it was a form of us connecting in the evenings, right? You know, we would both have a glass of wine while we're cooking or we're hanging out or, um, you know, on the weekends I would sometimes have other drinks, you know, I, my go-tos were like whiskey or, you know, I liked martinis and things like that, but most often it was wine. Um, and and it was kind of like, well, what are we going to do to connect? <laughs> that was yeah. the first thing. <laughs> oh, this is a, a lot of a lot of people talk about this. So I'm sure that will resonate with people listening. So, yeah. How did you work through that? Well, so she she I told her, you don't have to. This is my journey. You just do you. I would I don't even want you to stop drinking on my account. Just do do your thing. And so she goes, you know what? I don't want to drink either. And everything she was learning more about it. She was looking up medical medium and learning about gut and drinking celery juice and you know all these other things and she just got to the point she's like why am I drinking when I know not from a natural holistic standpoint this doesn't really help me that doesn't really have benefits uh, as people say it does uh it doesn't the the consequences don't really merit the the benefits per se um so she said I'm just gonna stop with you and that really helped me as well because we were both in agreement to do that now we did the first couple months often you know we had my family, my in-laws would come over and they would, they would like the wine. We had like a glass of wine with them, but we're just literally there like after not having it for like a month or two, we're just like, I don't even like this anymore. Oh. I couldn't even finish it. And so, because my taste buds had changed mm. uh, or something. Um, and then we've just gone steady Eddie at this point where we just don't. And it's been like a year and almost a half at this Amazing. point. So um sorry just to interject I, what I'm hearing happened here and this is what um this is what really I take a, a lot of clients through because what, what the difficulty quote-unquote difficulty with stopping drinking is if we perceive there to be benefits to drinking alcohol 
then we're always going to want a drink, even if we know that there are benefits to not drinking. It creates what we call cognitive dissonance. But once we we actually realize um, and we dissolve any of these so-called benefits and we don't see the but we see that there are no benefits, then it becomes really easy. And it sounds like this naturally happened for you and your wife. You you did you thought about it, you had you collected some evidence from your experience, you researched some things online and you realize, hang on a minute, there aren't that I can't see the benefit in this anymore. And even when you had that glass of wine, you were like, this isn't providing me a benefit. I don't want, and then it just becomes easy, right? Once once we've got to that place. Absolutely. And I knew, I knew that I had definitely like, I think there's a learning curve, you know, for anytime we want to learn something new, there's a learning curve. But there was a, a realization that I had stepped out of the awareness because there's in any healing process, uh, you know, there's the awareness that, oh, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the allowance, oh, I have a problem mm-hmm. and and I need to appeal that what that is. And there's the alignment process where that's probably the hardest part is now what's the new normal. Mm-hmm. But then you step into that awakening and you're like, aha, I'm here now. And mm-hmm. I see it from a very objective perspective rather than a subject subjective perspective. And I think the realization for me was was in um, one of I was in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, doing a series of photo shoots for my personal branding business. I was wearing clothes that I thought I would never be able to wear uh, because I had the body now at the time. <laughs> I've actually been a little bit with the winter. I don't go out jogging and all the things anymore. <laughs> but at that time, I was doing great because it was like, but it was working out, eating healthy, not drinking. Inflammation was way down. Suddenly, I felt really amazing, both physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. All of it was feeling great. And there was a photo shoot that was being done in a speakeasy bar. It was very like 1920s and vintage and very, very cool. cool. And I was wearing this outfit that's, you know, very kind of appropriate for the times and um, uh, in the setting. And these bartenders were like crazy. They're the type that light things on fire and they do all the crazy tricks and circus kind of stuff. And um and i was sitting there i'm like normally this would have been the most tempting most desirable setting for me to have drinks but i was there was not a i was a very appreciative of the art but not of needing to drink it and i actually have a photo of me with a drink and i <laughs> at the bar and i'm thinking what am i transmitting right now <laughs> you know yeah. what am i like here i am at you know living this like professional personal brands life and that was actually used on a magazine uh later on that same photo for um international business times and hit by like forty thousand people and and i'm thinking what image am i transmitting right now and in the back of my mind i'm like this is fake this isn't even me yeah and that was when i realized i had really crossed this kind of i had transitioned Mm. when i was there uh i had some orange juice and some with some herbs in it and stuff like that. But it was, and it was fine. But after that, I was like, you know what? That's, that's just not the image. That isn't an image of success. That's not an image of, oh, he's made it. That's an, that's a false identity. And for me being someone who's a personal brand coach, Mm -hmm. the entire thing I'm telling people is to be their authentic self, Mm -hmm. to know themselves so well that they know the author, they know themselves, they're writing the story. And when we have that level of knowing the author of ourselves, that we can live authentically and then we can also have authority over situations situations that we're facing and that was for me i think the biggest 
awareness that I had definitely changed. And then I just haven't looked back from that point. And that's amazing. And actually, if um, we look at neurolinguistic um, linguistic programming um, levels of change. I always show this to clients when we when we start sessions. There are levels that we go through and we're changing and our habits and our environment are, are the first steps, but they really don't take you very far if you just only look at those. And then we look at developing skills. Um, we look at um, our beliefs. But then the, the 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 final like, oh, you've completed is identity. And if we see ourselves as a drinker, like as a, you know, part, I'm just going to say like, I still think of, think of myself as a party girl. I just don't need alcohol <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, <laughs> but mm -hmm. um you know we see ourselves as a, as a boozer like I, you know when I was at university I, I was like I'm a student that's what we do um that that in itself is going to trip us up and we know we've made lasting change when we've shifted our identity and actually being alcohol free or sober or whatever label we choose to use is a part of who we are mm -hmm. and that's when you know like okay things things are different now I, I'm I quote unquote safe like I'm not worrying about going back to drinking, right? Totally, one hundred percent, and 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 that's the way it is for both me and my wife. We'll never go back. It's just not a. It's not like I'm. A, I'm not afraid of it. I've talked with some people who are in the sober movement, and it's almost like they're a little bit afraid of it. Like, and I get that because there are people who are very severe alcoholics, and they can never even be near a bar or around drinking. I, for one, can walk into a, like a party or an event and be the only one not drinking at this point and feel completely at ease. Um, I do laugh now, though, with that being said, <laughs> where it's funny when you're around a bunch of people who are drinking mm. and you're the only one that's not conversation. You're just like, why am I here? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, I love it. Right. Because, first of all, I feel so abundant when I go out now because I'm like, I get to do all of this and I don't have to get drunk winning at life. I'm mm -hmm. like, I stay up so much later. But I also love that I've become like the anchor. So if I've got like a girlfriend with me and she's like messaging a guy and I can say, you know what, like when you've had a few drinks, if you need me to proofread your messages to make sure you're not like saying anything you don't want, like, you know, I'm here for you. <laughs> or like I can always tell people at the next day, like, no, don't worry, you didn't do anything bad or can give people lifts home. And I, I mean, not everyone wants to do that. And I that's fine. But I really enjoy um, being able to do that. So, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> for sure no and, and and that's the thing is like i one of the the biggest things that that i felt that alcohol did for me and it's exactly what you just said there that being alcohol free rather mm. was it provided clarity mm. mental clarity yeah uh, clarity in so many ways emotional clarity spiritual clarity i mean when we drink the clarity is kind of not there and that's why we make decisions we make choices that we regret sometimes and and so as someone now who is a coach and in theta healing and similar to you, to be able to be not by force, but if if requested uh, an accountability partner for someone or someone who can just really be a buffer for them to make those good choices, that's a that's an amazing thing. Yeah. The quality of my vocabulary changed a lot after I stopped drinking Interesting. Uh, because I was having more meaningful conversations. Mm. Uh, oftentimes throughout the day, I'm just working and doing meetings and doing the things. But then in the evening, uh, we would have a couple of drinks and then it would just kind of, you know, we wouldn't have deep philosophical, meaningful conversations. I, I think conversation changed a lot for me, especially over meal times. Suddenly I was having more conversations with my kids, uh, talking points. Whereas before 
oftentimes by the time that dinner was on the table, we'd eat and I was pretty tired <laughs> from having a couple of drinks. And so then I just go to bed. And so the quality time with my family, like you said, energy till late at night, uh, we're up later uh, now and, and, and I sleep better. I don't have the near the number of heart palpitations I would have in the middle of the night. Uh, I wouldn't wake up at three in the morning suddenly feeling like I couldn't fall back asleep. I could sleep soundly through the night. Um, so many things change just by those simple changes. And I would say it was just amazing. So. Right. Uh, and you know what? You've actually pointed something out that I completely resonate with. It's like when we stop drinking, um, there's there's like a mental and a spiritual bandwidth that opens up that we've basically been suppressing by sedating ourselves. And yeah, the number of like deep philosophical questions I have now has just increased so much. In fact, most people who know me, and you're probably similar, are just used to the fact that I just like to have really deep combos. <laughs> I don't really, I, I don't really mess about in the middle. I'm either asking like what we're going to eat or I'm like, but why are we here? <laughs> yeah. What's the meaning of life? <laughs> why are we actually eating? Like what's the point? Um, and if I think back to myself, like five years ago, I would have just been like, what are you talking about? <laughs> if I could meet myself now, I just hadn't got that bandwidth. Um, yeah. That's a really cool thing that you pointed out there. So well, you're quite, sorry, what are you going to say? Well, I was going to say with that bandwidth mm. thing is, I don't know if everybody understands the element of energy and that we are energy and that we transmit energy and yeah. we have different frequencies and even brain waves and so forth. And that the element that when I, the frequencies I'm putting out mm. and if I'm, if my frequency is directed towards, I want to accomplish this, or I want to be this. If I can do that with clarity, I will achieve that. There's an element where whatever I put out comes back. And the alcohol, in many respects, um, it tones that frequency down so much to where I become very self-satisfied and content in the moment because it's giving me an immediate um, dopamine or whatever the word is. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Something to kind of go... And, and it stops me from being able to be my true self as a, as a manifester, as a generator, as whatever... It is that you are where you can go and yeah. accomplish what you want. And so the amount of clarity I've had to know what I want has been much improved since letting go of alcohol as well. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have to navigate through the miasma of drinking and being drunk in alcohol to feel feelings. I can feel them quite, fe quite well. Totally. And these, of course, are a part of our internal guidance system. And this this is why like, I read the uh, the book called Spirit Hacking by Sharman Jurek. People who listen to my podcast will definitely have heard me talk about this before. But that was when I put my last gin and tonic down when he said that alcohol is a matrix trick. He said it's the quickest way to lower your vibrations. It makes you prey to spiritual parasites um, and that it basically distorts our frequency. And because it mm. does that, it keeps us stuck. It keeps us small and it keeps us where the matrix, uh, a.k.a. the web of ideologies that limits us and stops us from stepping into our power. It keeps us small and just like when you were saying you knew when that surgeon or doctor said to you, like, it's okay to keep on drinking, your body was like, that doesn't feel right to me. Like, when I read that, I was like, I know in every cell of my body, that's the truth. and <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Um, and it's just so cool, isn't it? Like, the magic keeps unfolding the longer 
sobriety continues and you're actually in terms of the rest of your life you're still quite early on into your journey so how do you feel about the fact that there's so much potential ahead of you like this is how good it is now but like is my in my experience it doesn't stop <laughs> the growth and the up leveling can keeps coming how do you feel about that oh i mean i i do feel like in any situation as we as we grow we grow we grow we grow right you can't stop or stunt growth if if you're growing you're growing and with growth there is going to always be something that we need to prune something that doesn't serve us that needs to go so we can continue to grow and be healthy and so it the alcohol um dependence was simply a manifestation of a deeper trauma or wound yeah. and so my 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 search for he, for healing continues yeah. uh my search to be uh a better man continues my search to be my authentic self continues and so it started with alcohol but it's going to be there's other things so right now i know i'm very dependent on entertainment and media or my social media feed uh and again it's not because i'm sitting here going oh i'm rules and regulations to protect myself no it's not any of that it's more that the hunger has increased mm-hmm. the the zeal for life the the desire to suck the marrow out of life and all that it has for me. I don't want anything getting in the way of that because life is short mm-hmm. uh, That in, 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 in this reality that we're in. And so basically um, that was what it is. And I think there's a term that I don't know if we understand this well in the English language, but because I'm bilingual and I speak Spanish as well, cool. um, the word sober, uh, it comes from the word sovereign. Mm-hmm. And, and to be uh-huh. sovereign means to uh there's a sovereignty it means you have an authority you know your place Mm. and you stand above looking out at your domain of accomplishments and your of existence and so to be sober-minded is to have the mind of sovereignty of royalty of elevation of being your higher self uh and i think that is where anything that detracts us from being at that high vibration of being in that higher self place doesn't serve us and so that may be alcohol, it may be drugs, it may be relationships you're in, it may be a employment you're in, it may be habits, it may be eating things, it, whatever it be. It doesn't have to start nor end with alcohol. I think it's alcohol is just one of many things. <laughs> I completely agree. I think the reason that alcohol makes such a huge difference is simply because in lots of the Western world, alcohol takes up so much space. It's such a focus. And certainly in the UK, like for, for lots of people, everything revolves around it. So mm-hmm. when we let go of it, it just clears so much space and we feel such a shift. But I completely agree. There are it's it's all about coming back to our authentic self, isn't it? Our authenticity, and there are many things that that we can do to 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 improve that. And and I love how you've you've touched not touched upon, but you've really clearly made that link there with healing. Because if we think about real manifestation and not toxic positivity, and and authentically showing up for the manifestation work, really, it's just healing work. And, it's not, and there's no just about it. But the core of it is, if we really heal, if we look at our shadow, if we look at our inner child, if we look at our trauma, our limiting beliefs, and we really do the work, um, that's when we raise our vibrational set point. And I call it a set point, because of course, our emotions go up and down that's normal (laughs) 
Right? Mm-hmm. It's okay to feel lower vibrational feelings. There's nothing wrong with you. That's what we came into this human experience for, right? To feel the full range of emotions. But when we're doing that healing work, what we're doing is our trajectory, our like on our graph, it's like going up and down, but it's going upwards, like overall. And and that's when we start to manifest a, a higher vibrational reality, right? Because we're not showing up from a wounded state. When we are wounded, um, we we attract things that meet that vibration, right? Totally true. And I think that there's this misperception mm. that people have that if you're taking something away, that they're 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 getting something taken away from them. Yeah. And I think that whole element that you mentioned of the matrix is mm. is very important because it, the matrix is a false reality. It's mm. not a real reality. Yeah. Um, and when Neo and even the Matrix movies, as an example, uh, was awakened from the Matrix, it was not easy to live in that other uh, world, but it was better to be aware and to live the that than to be living in a fantasy reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so when you can allow yourself to actually feel, because the biggest thing that alcohol does, it dumbs down the feelings. We live in this perpetual state of, of denial. We think we're gaining something. We're actually losing something. We're losing the opportunity to be able to go introspective and to determine our life rather than have it determine what we're going to do. And what I tell people is that from the creative standpoint, if you're looking for creativity, uh, don't go to alcohol mm. uh, because the creativity will actually become unlocked. And one thing I, as someone who's very into the arts and who works with a lot of different artists and so forth and different modalities of art, um, it is many artists will actually put themselves in a situation where they have a limited amount of resources to work with in order to produce the art. So I'm only going to work with these colors or I'm only going to work with these um, tools or I'm going to work with in, you know, whatever it be. And in that place of limitation, uh, they actually produce amazing things. Whereas we are used to this buffet society where I want to have everything at my fingertips at all times and it actually stifles us from being able to be fully creative. So there's a term I put in, which is triple L, mm-hmm. logical loving limits. And we have to understand that not drinking is a logical loving limit. Why? Because we know in our head, but we don't know it in our being, that it's logical not to drink, yeah. but it's also the most loving element we can do for ourselves the limit part though we think that's a negative a limit is a negative don't limit me actually a limit is your biggest catalyst because if you the most productive people in the world limit themselves to try to accomplish certain things within a certain time period uh they they limit themselves by saying i'm going to get up in the morning and i'm going to work out i they limit themselves you limit yourself in uh you put these boundaries and you create these boxes and you create these things to put yourself so you can in that space produce the greatest outcome, the greatest things. Yeah. So Actually, I love the <laughs> fact that you just said space because what I'm hearing there is the limit is clearing of space and clearing space is just a magnet for abundance. So it's, mm-hmm. it, it's, there's no lack mindset around that limit. We are, we are applying discipline to attract more abundance um, and it's just making sure we have that link. And actually, if you think about the matrix um, and the ideologies that keep us small, 
you know, this ideology, these stories around, oh, but you're depriving yourself if you don't drink, or because we need alcohol to have fun and we need alcohol to relax. Like, you know that when we unpick this in sobriety, we realize they're all the opposite of the truth. They're matrix tricks. They're mm. brainwashing that we've been given from the matrix to, to make us believe, even though we vomit every time we drink it and we wake up feeling awful and we do things that make us feel ashamed, we still go back to it because the matrix told us that we like it. <laughs> mm. Oh, um, my gosh. Yeah. And and actually, when and, and I always talk about having an abundance mindset with not drinking in that not being sober is pure abundance it is pure magnetism and that's really what you're saying but I love the way you've explained that though because you're describing like that that act of reparenting from um which is that loving discipline around Mm -hmm. I love you I'm going to be disciplined when I say I love you you're saying you'd say to yourself I love you we're going to be disciplined about this because I know it will bring me more abundance and I trust that it will um, and yeah, that three hours, I'm going to use that. I love that. <laughs> oh yeah. It's super, it's super effective because and it can be applied in any, in any category of your life. Yeah. Totally. Uh, and you mentioned childhood, your inner child, loving your inner child, uh, disciplining mm-hmm. is a word we don't like to hear very much, yeah. but, um, that's has to be true in any situation. Yeah. Uh, the best medical practitioner professionals, they practice medicine, law lawyers, the best lawyers, they have to practice law. You have to practice, you have to learn you have to grow you have to determine yourself into any situation obviously there are some things that come natural to us uh because they're there innately in us however those need to be magnetized and be able to 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 be at their fullest potential so anything that deters that 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 potential and i think that's probably the biggest thing for people and i think this is probably true for me in my alcohol free journey as well is what do i who do i want to be and what do I want to be? Mm. And to have that clear vision, because without vision, it's very easy to live in a fantasy. Yeah. Uh, because vision is reality if we make it. So we need with vision comes commitment. That's the whole logical loving limit thing. Uh, because vision without commitment is a fantasy. That's what I tell people. So mm. vision, I have a clear vision of where I want to go. Then I go, well, to get there, I need these tools. And I don't want to carry all this extra baggage or weight because it actually interferes and weighs me down. And so if I'm going to accomplish said goal, whatever that be, maybe it's you want to become a multimillionaire in you know five years, or maybe it's you want to become a very successful coach or be a better mother. It doesn't have to be huge, grandiose, you know, whatever it be. Mm. It's to understand what it is that you have from your original design and be able to see like that's where I want to get to and these tools serve me and these tools don't and for me alcohol hasn't served me absolutely and I on that note I would like to now link this to uh, a really cool platform that you have developed which I'm going to be um, speaking on soon um, because it, it yeah, as we've already ascertained from this interview, um, being alcohol free or being sober is such a being such a catalyst to your own creativity, your own entrepreneur entrepreneurship. So um, I will be doing a workshop on this platform. And I just think there might be quite a few of my guests who would be interested in in joining this. So if you could like give us an overview as to like what that is and how they could sign up for it. Absolutely. This platform is called the Brand Masters Collective. 
and it's available on my website, davidallentracy.com. What it is, is a membership uh, hub uh, from people from around the globe. We have members attending from every continent at this point. Um, people who are hungry to grow together collectively. And we are addressing topics related to a variety of things. So this is where it gets interesting. Because yes, personal branding. So personal branding is helping you become who you need to be and to present yourself in a way that's effective and going to generate results, right? But that kind of, that goes into marketing, business, uh, sales, uh, can go into, um, you know, all kinds of technical things, but it also goes into personal development, wellness, health. And so I began to reach out to different speakers to speak on this, people I didn't know. <laughs> so I've only just met Annika actually recently. <laughs> and she's now speaking on April 16th on the Brandmasters Collective on the topic we're talking about today, because I knew that we can talk marketing all day. We can talk branding all day. We can talk styling. We can talk business advice. But if people are falling apart at the seams, if they are carrying trauma, if they're carrying coping mechanisms, they're only going to get so far. Yeah. So the idea was to create two touch points a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays where people can come together, hear from a guest speaker on a topic that's going to empower them to be a, to be better, plus be able to connect with that speaker if they want to through our Facebook group or after the fact through the the, the speaker services. But at any point, uh, you can attend the lives or you can watch the video resource center because we're dealing with so many time zones. We have people coming and hopping in at different points. And, you know, I'm in the U.S. and central time and uh, you're in you're in the U.K. So uh, your 12 is what, six? Yeah. Six. Yeah. So, you know, so she'll be speaking at 6 p.m. on April 16th. <laughs> and so it's going to be great. I'm super excited. And the platform is only $19 a, a month for eight workshops. Uh, that's only what, $2.37. I'm not sure what that is in pounds, but um it's pretty well, well, less than that in pounds because dollars yeah. work out more so i just think that's such good value um and yeah it's just such i love how you bring together like the practical marketing strategies that we we do need but you bring that together with that the holistic picture around our our own trauma healing our, our own manifestation tools and and the way that we affect our vibrations and I mean, th this is and um, i think this is why we've connected because this is so much about what i'm about like you can't there's no point trying to manifest if you are poisoning yourself and you've got addiction issues or even if you haven't got addiction issues but you're drinking too much and you're numbing out on things like you're not you just you just need to wake up and smell the coffee don't we and do the do the, the look at the big picture and i just love how you bring that all together um absolutely so, We'll be putting all of these links in the show notes, yeah. everybody. So don't panic if you didn't catch all of that. Um, and, and and I will say this too. If, for those listening, if you use the code BEMYGUEST2024, all one word, you'll get your first month free. So Amazing. Oh, that's so cool that you've given that out. And again, I'll pop that in the show notes. But super exciting that that's just been offered to you guys. Um, live, I say live on air, not live on air. It's live to me. <laughs> 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 awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, David. It's been so interesting talking to you. It's been such a pleasure. And I really look forward to connecting with you on the 16th of April. Um, and hopefully again in the future. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to me today. If you would like to have the chance of winning a free one-to-one coaching session with me, then I'd love it if you could leave me a five-star review. All you need to do is take a screenshot of the review and send it to me at thrive at coachingbyannika.co.uk and I would love to connect with you. If you would like to connect with me further and you'd like to download my free guide, then please go to my website and you can do that and you'll be added to my mail list. Or if you would just like to book in a free discovery call with me, then you can do so via my email address or through my website. All of these links will be in the show notes. And I hope you have a wonderful, magical, sober week. And I will see you this time next week.